block sports, big 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 block sports. We are live. We are in episode 10. I got the episode right. Uh, I got the episode count right this week around. This is episode 10A. Uh, we'll be talking about some storylines as usual. You know, I'm always ready to set it off about what's going on in today's NFL. But, you know, I want to welcome you back. This is your first time here on YouTube. Go ahead and like, go ahead and subscribe if you're listening to the audio version on whatever platform you're on. I appreciate you checking us out. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe. We got new content coming through every week. Again, Big Block Sports, you can find me on any social media network um, at Big Block Sports. If you want to send me an email, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to collaborate, Big Block Sports one at gmail.com. And again, for, for, my for my return listeners, welcome back. It's a great, it's a great week. Obviously, you know why, you know, I mean, there, there were, there are games as a 49er fan where, and I've been watching the team long enough and I feel like, I feel like I get a vibe from the game in the, like within the first play or two. And just in comparison, last week, the Arizona game, I felt like even before all the fumbles and all, and all the stuff that happened in the game, there was just the body language and just the vibe of the game. Play one, play two. I was like, we're not going to win this game. Like if we win, it'll be like on some wild, incredible stuff. And, and to the opposite side, um, we had juice. Like I felt it through the TV. And maybe that's just the fanatic in me, right? Fan is short for fanatic. But, you know, I felt, I felt even before the interception, I just felt the way that we were attacking the ball, the body language before the game. Uh, we, 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 we had a shot to win it. I felt like we had the energy to win it. And hey, look, we made it happen. So uh, we're half a game outside of that seventh seed. So the NFC is officially on notice. But outside of, I mean, I want to say outside of that. I mean, even that game, if we consider, obviously the 49er season is less than what most people expected. The overall... AFC NFC playoff pitcher has just turned into bizarro world after these last two weeks, right? Like the AFC teams can't seem to sit still. No one really wants to take over the NFC. Um, you know, like last week I talked about so many teams in that five or six ish win range, Kansas city, almost within a matter of hours went from last in the division to first in the division. So it was a wild weekend of football. Um, and it started out that way, right? I, I, I knew there was something coming. And, I, and again, premonition, right? I knew that Thursday night game when <clears throat> the Dolphins just beat the hell out of the Ravens. You know, they blitzed Lamar Jackson so many times, like I'm pretty sure it was a record. Um, but every time, you know, that Ravens offensive line, where we're like, okay, well, you know, maybe they can get by. Um, they have a game like this, right? And I think 
as they progress into the playoffs and they start to play um, teams that are uh, more strategic towards their weaknesses, I think that offensive line is going to be the Achilles heel. And and, and teams are really going to pressure and put a lot of um, people at the line to get to Lamar Jackson. Um, so I knew, though, with the week starting out that way, I was like, well, shoot, if the Dolphins can beat the Ravens, I'm pretty sure we could beat the Rams. And, and lo and behold, um, we did. Now, speaking of crazy, right, my picks, <laughs> my picks for uh, this past weekend, um, you know, just kind of went the way that they went. But, you know, I haven't done it in a while. I had a couple of episodes early, probably like episode two, episode three, where I talked about the picks I made and where I was right, where I was wrong. So I wanted to kind of bring that back this episode before I get into my set it off piece, before I set it off. You know, because I think this week set it off near and dear to my heart. Um, but I think it's very relevant to what we saw this past weekend and in what we need to think about for the future of the NFL. But let's recap some of my picks um, from last week. And if you're looking for what my picks are going to be for, again, to Thursday's game, and the following week, week uh, week 11, that would be episode B, which you can check out right after this episode. But I'm talking about the picks I made for last week, week 10. Um, so let's start with the first game I had on my schedule. Uh, well, the first first game was a Ravens game. I picked the Ravens. I just talked about what happened with them. Sorry pick for me, um, but I'm not mad at that. Like no one predicted that, right? And it's almost like this next pick, Tampa Bay versus the Flying W's, um, you know, and, and that wasn't a wild pick. You know, it wasn't like I was going against the grain there by picking the Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, but again, the NFC seems to be leaderless, right? And, and from my perspective, every team except maybe Green Bay, and then Green Bay even like that first game, eh, you know, they've shown some chinks. Uh, in their armor, right, and 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 we've seen how that Tampa Bay in the last two games is not last few games, I should say, is not immune. Um, it's a long season, of course, right? Where it, and it's only one more game, but for some reason this season seems so much longer. Maybe it's because we just came off of a abbreviated season, but it's possible. Um, you know, TB twelve has hit a bit of a wall in the middle of this season here, um, physically. Um, but that never stops Tom, right? Tom versus time. If you guys got a chance to watch that, the guy doesn't stop. So I feel like the, the Buccaneers can regroup. Hopefully they're able to get healthy. Hopefully they continue to leave. Like I said, last episode, Sherman on the sideline. I think he's actually out injured now with the calf strain uh, for one to three weeks or something like that. But yeah, my first pick, wrong. Um, next game, Saints and the Titans. I picked the Titans. Again, the Titans are actually now the, the number one seed. Um. I wonder if the Saints are going to turn into a team like the Dolphins. And what I mean by that is that the Dolphins lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. And still, to this day, they haven't found a replacement to helm the team, right? Um, so far in Drew Brees' first season away, they're, they're, they're the sixth seed. So it's not like they're, they're fully uh, you know, out of it. But 
Um, you know, they're surrounded by teams that are way more talented at the quarterback position and, and for the most part, all of the skill positions outside of Alan Kamara. So it's, it's interesting to see how they're going to compete. And, um, you know, again, like I said, Titans number one seed on a roll here, even without Derrick Henry the last two games. So, you know, let's uh, look out for them. But you know, that's an interesting thing. Will the Saints find their guy? You know, I know Jameis was playing very well before his unfortunate knee injury, but, um, you know, the jury's still out. Can he put together a complete season? Next game was the Pats and the Browns. I picked the Patriots to win, and that's easy. That's That's because the Browns are cooked. The Browns are done. The Browns are washed. The Browns are pressed. The Browns are dried. They are folded. They're tucked nicely into the dresser, um, et cetera, et cetera. Baker is staring down. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, they're going to release Baker flat out. You know, I can see them in kind of that Kirk Cousins dance where, you know, he's looking at a couple of franchise tags because, to be honest, what is there a better option? I'm not I'm not quite sure right now. Um, but it's also very possible, you know, with Stefanski inheriting Baker and not really drafting him that, you know, they, they may decide to see, you know, a, a trade uh, or, or drafting another quarterback. Um, but oppositely, right, when we talk about the Pats games and the Browns game, um, Bill Belichick, right? Every time we feel like, yo, this guy, it's this is the season where the Patriots um where the Patriots don't, where the Patriots aren't going to be successful. Bill Belichick continues to show us he's living in 2027. Uh, so I can only hope to be so wise and consistent in my old age. And, and again, after a slow start, the Pats are six and four. I would probably say like two or three weeks ago, when I saw Matt Jones's name under the odds for rookie offensive rookie of the year, I was like, what? But Week over week, you know, and I'm in no way am I saying that this guy is some kind of game breaker, but he's playing the quarterback position at a very high level and not just high level for a rookie, high level for a quarterback in the NFL, starting from one of the 32 NFL franchises. I would say he's probably already better than some of the starters um, that have been in the league several years. Uh, Steelers, let's go to the next game. <sighs> Steelers and Lions. I picked the Steelers to win. So I'm not really sure. Did I lose? I mean, it was a tie, you know, and then and, and sort of, you know, like did both teams win or did both teams lose? I don't know. I'm 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 taking that as a win. Um the same way, you know, if I'm a Lions fan, if I'm in the Lions organization. We just went toe-to-toe, the very historic uh, franchise, you know, that is the Steelers of Pittsburgh. Ties basically a dub, basically. And I know some people don't believe in, like, moral victories and, like, uh, either it's, it's black or white or win or lose. But this, this should be, you know, for them. Again, week after week, we saw the, the, the Lions snatch uh, victory. I'm sorry, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And this is this is progress, right? This is, hey, you didn't lose. You tied. I mean, you didn't win. That's the ultimate goal, right? But hey, you didn't lose, you know? So um, I'll take it. Now, on the opposite side, again, the Steelers, 
Couldn't stop the run. Watt is injured. Might be nighty night time for them. You know, we we already somewhat put the Steelers to bed at the beginning of the season. They showed us some gumption by defeating the Bills, and, and they ran off a couple of games here. I want to see even last episode. I'm like, yo, the Steelers. Um, but you know, when they when they look bad, they look bad um, as a team. So was I right? I'm gonna say I was right. You know, I mean. Give me a mulligan here. Next game was the Panthers and the Cardinals. I picked the Cardinals. Um, I mean, they're they sh- they displayed last week. Uh, it wasn't last week. It was I think uh, yeah. They displayed in the last game versus the 49ers that um you know well at least the perception was hey Colt McCoy is not going to slow them down. And of course. You watch the game, and I'm thinking as a 49er fan, I'm like, yo, this, that is the Colt McCoy I was expecting to show up in our game. I don't know where he was. I don't know what dude that was at Levi's Stadium, but that, that, that right there, that is the Colt McCoy we all know and love. Um, I think, again, Carolina's defense has the ability to really get after a quarterback. Um, what was holding them back? and somewhat obvious what was holding them back and now that he's not in the lineup it almost seems like the team is good again Um, but that quarterback play was you know what was kind of really holding them back um and like i said in in multiple episodes pass rush fixes everything and then and then cam newton right um i mean you couldn't pay scorsese you couldn't get spielberg to craft a better feel-good story um, for the Panthers, right, underneath that, this warm feeling of, ah, you know, like we got Cam back. You really got to think about, as a front office, you're, 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 what's the plan, right? Because you're you're paying the quarterback in Denver, Bridgewater. Um, you replaced him. You're paying him also. He got hurt. And now you're kind of back where you started paying the guy that you didn't want to I don't want to say you didn't want to pay, but for whatever reason, he was jettisoned um, from the team. And now you're paying him again. So I just wonder, long term wise, um, you know, what what is the plan for them at quarterback? Um, Yeah. Next game, Seahawks and Packers. I I picked the Seahawks. I felt like Russell Wilson would give them some juice. Um, I felt like he was just so like, you know, you watched him pregame doing going through a whole game in his head. Like I was like, yo, this dude about to come back focused. But um, man, I was wrong, you know, um, and, and somewhat of my pick, I'll, I'll be honest, had to do with my disdain for Aaron Rodgers and his his attitude. But uh, this game gave me a headache. It gave me a headache to watch it. Um, it was as competitive as it was boring and uninteresting. It's like, wow, like these teams are really going at it. And then it's like, but they're not really going at it. They're just like, who? They're just like mistaking each other to death, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better term. Um, neither team was really clicking offensively. Poor throws. Uh, Rogers mood swings. Faces of disappointment only to be outdone by Russell's faces of bewilderment. 
and awe as he continues to wonder like, yo, why, why, why am I carrying 21 other grown men week over week? You know, um, he pushed the envelope this offseason. And, you know, Carol, Pete Carroll and crew have their ways uh, around people. But if I'm Will Russell Wilson, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to a team like like a Carolina. Hell, maybe even Cleveland. You know, again, the, 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 the teams have weapons. Um, but more importantly, what they have that Russell does not have right now is a run game. Uh, to keep defenders off his back and, and his finger. <laughs> um, next game, Cowboys and Falcons. I picked the Cowboys, so I was right with this one. I mean, come on, it's the Falcons. Um, the Cowboys are having an outstanding year. Now, again, in years past, this probably would have been a game that would have tripped the Cowboys up, um, but they took care of business early. Like, it, was, it wasn't even watchable. Colts and Jags, I picked the Colts. They were my most dangerous 0-2 team several weeks ago when the season first kicked off. And again, they've shown they can fight with anyone. Um, they have a physical defense. They cause turnovers. And the Jags are just good enough to, you know, have you sit up and say, hold up. Are the Jaguars about to do so? Oh, nope, nope, nope. No, they're not. They're not. And they throw a pick, they throw a fumble, and you're like, oh, yep, yep, those are the Jags. I thought, I thought for a second I was seeing a team, and then they came. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there they go. There they go. That's, that, that's the Jags. Um, Bills and Jets is the next game that I picked here. I picked the Bills to win. Um, so welcome back to Earth, Mike White. You were, you know, in the stratosphere. Now, you can't take the Hall of, Hall of Fame away from you, but, you know, seriously, there were people out here who were, like, trying to develop a quarterback controversy in New York because Mike White had a, tr a couple of successful quarters uh, of football. It was interesting. Uh, it's just, you know, people fly off the handle off of anything. Um, the Bills, uh, another team... You know, where it's kind of, and this is just, the, it, it appears to be the, the the theme for this year. It's like, is this a good team? I, I, I think it's a good team. Um, are they? I'm not sure. I mean, they look like a good team, and then they lose to the Jags, you know, or they look like a good team, and then they start off the season losing to the Steelers. Um, so what are the Bills? I, I still think they're, again, at the top, but. It's just a theme of this year, like, what's going on? But they took care of the Jets quick and fast. Jets kind of always take care of themselves, but you get the picture. Chargers and Vikings. Um, I picked the Chargers. I think the Vikings sometimes can't get out of their own way, and that almost kind of happened in this game. Um, but the Vikings were one of two teams that I was considering, right, as the most dangerous 0-2 team. I ended up going with the Colts through my analysis, but uh, I, and that's only because I felt the Viking strength of schedule didn't really give them any favors. Whereas the Colts again, play the Texans play the Jags in their division. So there was a better opportunity for them to win some of those easy games. They've had a hard time this year. The Vikings, I mean, at three and five, but again, a few kicks, you know, a few picks, 
they could have been five and three at this point, just as easy instead of three and five. And the Chargers, just to give a little line about them, they appear to be nosediving after a hot start. And I think I think what what is happening from my perspective is uh, they lack some physicality on offense. I think the defense has the ability to be physical with Bosa um, and Derwin James in the secondary, and their linebackers can really run and hit. But offensively, I'm not sure that they have the physicality uh, needed to consistently win ball games. And I also think, again, Brandon Staley off to a hot start, new coach, new systems and things of that nature. Maybe teams have kind of, I don't want to say they figured him out, but his initial offering appears to have been um, discovered. You know, So now it's up to him to evolve, as any coach does throughout the NFL season. But I picked the Chargers and... I was wrong about that. Broncos and Eagles. I picked the Broncos. Um, and that's only because the Eagles are so hard to read. I mean, the Broncos are kind of hard to read, too. Um, but the Eagles, exceptionally hard to read, right? Because they either they either win by 40 or they or they lose by 40, right? And it's still like they I want to say they've done both this season. They've they've won games scoring 40 points, and then they've lost games having other teams scoring. 40 points upon them. But what I do see is uh, Devontae Smith kind of catching his stride. He's learned to go up and attack the ball um, at the NFL level to kind of match with his speed. I think their three running backs are giving them some consistency on the ground, taking some pressure off of Jalen Hurd. And they force defenses to choose, right? Like, are you going to load the box to try and stop Heard in that read option game. Are you going to try and play too deep, cover four, cover three, whatever, to keep the those speedy receivers in front of you? Who knows, you know, what you're going to do uh, facing them. But it's also about, um, you know, can they execute consistently? And I think that's where they still have some room to grow. And they definitely just need some help on defense and limits of penalties, right? Like holding on critical downs. I think they're good to win some games, um, but the Broncos set me up right after killing the Cowboys. I'm like, okay, the Broncos just beat up on the Cowboys. The Eagles should be a cakewalk, and then they 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 let the Eagles put up 40 points. How dare you, Denver? Raiders in Kansas City. I picked the Raiders. I thought what I saw in the Raiders right was a, a team that was sort of using the outside issues and situations as fuel and then i saw the opposite thing um where uh, kansas city was letting those outside pressures and and you know storylines kind of get into their heads and they were overcompensating and trying to do too much but in the end kansas city actually looked like the team that had it together and the raiders did not um, mahomes threw checkdowns and that, that, in this instance, is actually an accomplishment because that's what he needs to do uh, versus teams that are continue gonna, going to, um, well, the opposite. They don't load the box. I would say they load the, the zone, whatever you want to call the opposite of loading the boxes. But, you know, they, they force, they, they want Kansas City to run, you know. And I thought they were able to do that just enough to force the Raiders into some difficult situations. Um, 
Kelsey, again, there were, you know, there's that clip where it's like Mahomes throws the ball deep and Kelsey's like in the middle of the field, like, hey, throw me the ball. So he he fixed that. He threw to Kelsey a lot. He was open all night. And the Raiders look lost on defense. Uh, offensively, they just couldn't really get it going. Darren Waller was kind of invisible. They rushed. They only rushed for 50 yards. And that was between uh, two, three running backs. So they they just couldn't get it going. I think they really need the running game to open up the middle for Waller. And then as Waller starts to attract that attention, it opens up the deep outside and the deep middle for like Renfro, Edwards, and Jones, all dudes who can run uh, fairly well. And then finally, uh, finally, Monday night football. <sighs> it feels like it was just yesterday. <laughs> uh, where it was the Rams versus the 49ers. And you, uh, it might have been a little bit of a homer pick, but honestly, honestly, I felt like we had the chance, just like we do every week, if we could put the pieces together, we could compete with any team in the NFL. Um, some of my, like I said, you know, perception is related to fandom, but what I also understood is that the Rams just came out of a dogfight with Tennessee. They were reeling. They lost Robert Woods late in the week. I want to say it was like Friday. So that was super, super short notice to try and game plan. Vaughn, not healthy. I'm not really worried about Vaughn Miller. OBJ just didn't get there. I, I don't say he didn't get there enough time. I mean, that's just how the waiver and everything worked out, right? Like he just didn't have enough time to learn that offense and, and especially in that McVeigh offense uh, from my experience with people talking about how complicated the Shanahan offense is you know um, listening to Jimmy G talk how he felt versus year one in the offense year two year three subsequently you know he he mentioned it he feels better year after year so to expect OBJ after three days to have a grasp of that offense it just it wasn't fair for people to believe that he'd be able to have any impact in that game so i knew the rams were going into the game with basically no running game um one wide receiver right cooper cup <clears throat> so i knew defensively we had a chance to bracket cup and not really worry about whoever else was out there i wasn't concerned that obj was going to be a huge part of the offense and defensively on Instagram, I called out my keys to the game where, look, we need to run at Aaron Donald, right? Because we can double team him, right? And then outside of Aaron Donald, who else plays defensive line for the um, Rams? And, and I'm not talking about linebacker like Leonard Floyd or like, I'm talking who else plays defensive tackle, defensive end for the Rams? Nobody knows. Who plays linebacker for the Rams? And again, not outside linebacker. I'm talking about middle of the field, weak side line. Who, who, who is that guy? I don't know that guy. You know that guy? Um, so, you know, I, I, I felt that way going into the game. So then when the game started, I noticed that, again, they, they had OBJ in. But I noticed after like the maybe the third or fourth play he was in the game, they were just going to try to decoy him all day. Um, so I felt we came in with the game with a team that was shorthanded. We, we beat them four. now. I want, is it five times now? I think it's five times now in a row. 
Um, and I think what 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 caused us to 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 boot up, right? I'm from um, South Florida, right? And when we say somebody booting up, that's usually when they about to fight, right? They about, they bowing up like they you know they lathering themselves up to get into something. Uh, so what caused us to boot up was the fact that in we can I can be honest and say when we went to that Carolina Carolina when we went to that Arizona game we saw oh Colt McCoy starting oh DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing oh this oh Watt is out for the season oh oh we about to steamroll these boys like we we don't even need to practice this week fellas and and we got we got steamrolled so I felt like it was a perfect setting where again, we came into a game like, oh, Woods is hurt? Oh, they brought in Vaughn? Oh, they bring in OBJ and late? Like, they were like, nah, I don't care. We we are going to focus like this is the Super Bowl. We are going to focus like we don't care about who's hurt. We're going to stay focused. And that's what they did. They won the game. And again, defensively, Jimmy Ward, 100% is the key to the defense. And, I, and I've said that since last season, and there was a lot of gripe about people saying, oh, why did we resign him? Da, da, da. Like, he's he's got to be up there in, in the list of top safeties. And I'm not just talking about the interceptions he has in the game, right? I'm talking like the guy will cover deep middle. He will cover deep third. He rarely gets beat, rarely gets called for DPI. He's smart. He knows the adjustments. He's another quarterback on the field. It's like, yo, you need him to cover Zach Hurts on the slot. Clank, clank, lock down. Cooper Cup in motion, no problem. Run Jimmy over there, clank, clank, lock down. Oh, there's a run fit on a sweep. He comes flying in like a superhero. Like, his arms are long. Like, have you ever seen, like, Jimmy walking? Like, his arms are as long as his legs. Like, it's crazy. So, Jimmy Ward for president. And if I go back with my picks <laughs> and my... Uh, incorrect picks and my victories i am seven for seven on the weekend i'll take it i'll take it seven and seven awesome so that was a quick recap of my picks last week i might, I might bring that back next week that was fun but you know you you know you know why we're here and we know every episode um you know, I feel like I got to set it off. And, and, and we were just talking about the Rams. And I'll be totally honest, they were the inspiration for this little segment right here. Um, you know, I just feel like I need to I need to set it off. You know, I, I got the theme music playing. Get my thoughts together. I just want to I want to I want to touch I'm gonna touch on this for one second. And I want to make sure when I set it off, right, y'all feel, y'all feel what I'm saying. So here we go, right, to the to the Rams and, and just to the NFL in general, right, for teams looking at the Rams right now, like, ooh, damn, like, they, they making moves right now. Like, they, they, they all in. Let me just say, the NFL is not the NBA. You're like, what? No, listen, listen, listen again. The NFL is not the NBA. And what do I mean by that? I mean that you can't create a big three or four or even a big five in the NFL game. 
I mean, you could do it. I'm not saying it's physically impossible, right? Like you can sign all 11 players if you wanted to. But um, the way that the NFL game is set up, right? The way that offenses attack you is that they 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 plan to attack your third corner, right? Your weak side linebacker who struggles in coverage. Uh, defensively, you know, they plan to attack the weakest spot on your offense. Sometimes it's about you know, they just they just know, hey, if I flash color in this quarterback's face, he's going to he's going to, you know, get out of there and, and not stick with the play call. Sometimes it's about like, hey, this wide receiver is fast. He's dangerous. But if you you get in his face and you bump him, it throws him off at the line and he struggles to get into his routes. It's it's an exploitation of the weakness. Now, let's talk about just just some basic numbers, right? Just some math, right? When you see in the NBA there's five players on the court, right? 10 total on the court. So a big three, right? Like Katie, Harden, Kyrie, with as Kyrie's kind of wherever, I don't know where Kyrie is right now, but that, that big three model, LeBron, Bosch, Wade, um, I guess, I mean, it really wasn't a big three because they drafted two of them, but you know, that model of bringing I was talking, I was going to mention the Warriors, but they drafted Clay and Steph. So that's not really the same thing. But, you know, that model of let's bring let's bring some guys together to make a, a super team or a big three or whatever the case might be, which is what I feel like the Rams or people are looking at the Rams that they're doing. Well, a big three in basketball, right? Three out of five. Well, that's 60 percent of your starting lineup. Right. So if we just if we just do black and white numbers. In the NFL, that means you're going to need 6.6 or basically, let's just say seven of your 11 players starting on offense or defense to be that big name, ballerific blue chip player to simulate a big three um, in the NFL. Now, another difference is the NBA is also a two way game. So, sure, you can get a big three because you only have to get those three and then there's, you know, two guys on the court and then five guys on the bench or whatever. It's not a huge roster, but we're talking about the NFL. Again, you need seven of 11 to simulate what a big three does in the NBA. Well, you're going to need another seven players to do that on defense. Um, so there, there already lies the problem talent in the NFL is widespread, but it is coveted. The offseason, super team building, right, that that we may see or that that kind of happens sometimes in the NBA would more than likely be stopped by things like franchise tags and restricted free agency contracts. Let me get my camera back together here, my bad. So, NBA players in general are just allotted more freedoms than NFL players, you know, you might say. And then there's also the salary cap, you know, while all the leagues have one, I'm not, except for, I want to say maybe not baseball. Um, the NBA has what, like a soft cap. So it's like, well, here's the cap. If you go happen to go over it, we're going to charge you a luxury tax if they exceed it. But, you know, that, that won't work in the NFL because, you know, don't you think a, a owner is obsessed and is rich as Jerry Jones would run amok in the league if all he had to do was shell out some extra coins to assemble his super team? 
And that's kind of why we have a salary cap in place in the NFL. Um, you know, and let's not also forget about how the league is set up as far as its parity, right? So again, we started with numerically, you would need seven of 11 of your players to be that big three to simulate how, you know, you could just pick up a bunch of free agents and now it's a, it's a super team or whatever. So the numbers, are, you're already behind the eight ball when it comes to the numbers. Now, also, we talked about how talent is coveted. Teams aren't just out here like, yo, you can go. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're going to do, they're going to put them on a franchise tag. They're going to uh, make them restricted free agents. They're going to do whatever they need to do to keep their talented players um, from leaving. There's also the parity supported in the NFL, like I mentioned, which is through various methods. The most obvious is, well, the NFL draft. The worst team gets the first pick, so on. And the Super Bowl team is basically left to pick up the sloppy seconds of those prospects who just didn't cut it, right, to get in that top 10, top 15. So they end up with kind of those sloppy seconds. Or, you know, they, they find themselves reaching for players who probably should be a second-round pick um in the first round which probably isn't a good idea you know so either way you picking in that late 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 30s high 20s over 25 you're gonna get again less than top 10 top 15 or you're gonna have to you're gonna look at somebody who it's like all right this guy we probably can get him next round let's just get him now and that's not necessarily the way you go about things and also now Teams that lose their best talent in free agency are awarded comp, comp in, compensatory picks. They're compensated picks. <laughs> um, so, you know, the team, let's say you happen to, you know, get a, a budding free agent from a team. Well, the team, you got that one player, you know, but the team that you signed, you know, that, that, that gave away the player or the player that the player left now has a shot to acquire two players. You know, usually the picks, I think, it, I don't know the exact formula, but it's like one or two picks that they get to fill their roster. A, depending on, um, you know, the, the, the order and the rotation, I've seen some comp picks be as high as third round, some as low as fifth, sixth, seventh round. But those players are under a rookie wage scale. And regardless of what you think, regardless of what you say, every free agent that teams pick up is overpaid, no matter how you slice it. Free agents are paid for their reputation, their past production with the hopes that it's maintained in a new city, a new organization, a new cast. It's a difficult road. It's a risky situation. And that supports my next point. The best NFL teams draft their super teams, right, that they collect. Like I mentioned above, uh, LeBron James on the basketball court can simply ISO his way to a victory. And the game of football simply has more moving parts. Sure, you know, we could, we could ISO an OBJ versus a weak cornerback. You know, you can move him around, shift the offense to where he ends up, I don't know, on a guy like Drake Kirkpatrick. <laughs> um, but can the center snap the ball to the quarterback, you know, effectively? Will he roll it back there? Then that doesn't matter. 
Can the quarterback even assess the coverage? Make a pinpoint throw. Also, the corner might be weak. So again, you 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 create this matchup where like, oh yeah, we're gonna attack this weak corner, but the safety behind that corner is elite. It's a game of layers. And what makes the best layers, for example, on a cake, was courses, those layers that blend, that work well together, that have similar flavors, flavors that mesh, soft, fluffy cake layered with ice cream. The melting ice cream kind of seeps into the pores of the cake, seasons it ever so nicely with sweetness. It works. Cake and ice cream works. The layers gel. Well, you see, with an NFL team, you need your layers to be gelled. You need your ice cream to know that the cake runs the route with this many steps or that he likes the ball at the belt or at the face mask, especially in an NFL game with all the nuances, all the details. Each step is a series of choreographed moves. These things are best created by young, impressionable players who grow up in the system together in unison, not by a collection of bandits who are just out here trying to rob a Super Bowl title like it's a stagecoach. The NFL is not the NBA. Look at international soccer. Ronaldo, Messi, two of the greatest players ever yet. They can't dribble through all 10 defenders. And let's say somehow they do, well, then they still have to beat a goalie. Those odds are low. So again, incredible talent, one-on-one, -on -one, unstoppable players, right? But it's not often one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes it's one-on-two, one-on-five. The team is really bad, it's one-on-eleven. So <laughs> um, soccer, very similar to the NFL. But again, the NFL is not the NBA. And it, it, it's come up in history. So I'm not just making this up off of this year's Rams. The year is 2011. The city is Philadelphia. The Eagles attempt at a super team dubbed infamous, infamously Dream Team. Remember, remember that episode? He's like, oh, man. I remember his stupid face. <laughs> I don't know why I said his stupid face. He's like, oh, man. Dream Team. <laughs> who again Vince Young was brought him himself as a free agent to back up Michael Vick and again they made several high profile additions Dominique Rogers Cromarty, Namdi Asamoah, Vince Young like I mentioned, Ronnie Brown, Evan Mathis, Steve Smith from the New York Giants, Jason Babin, numerous signings and additions right in that year um like I said, Vince Young called them the dream team. And what did that get them? You remember? What was their record? I'll tell you. It was 8-8. Eight and eight. They missed the playoffs. And even, like I said, the inspiration for the story is this year's Los Angeles Lambs. Excuse me. Los Angeles Rams. Who they themselves are all in. They should already know how this story goes. The year... It's 2018. The city again is, of course, Los Angeles. So this isn't that old, right? 2018. They went out and acquired an Aqib Talib, Jalen Ramsey, and Dominican Sue, Von Miller, and Brandon Cooks, OBJ. 
So how did those moves work out? How did those blockbuster moves work out on the team that we're talking about right now? Tlaib ended up on IR. Even in his return, he struggled to compete that year. He was a bit long in the tooth, as they say. Sue started out with three sacks in five games, but then in nine games, he only had a half a sack, no tackles for loss. He was on a defense that ranked 31st in rushing defense. Marcus Peters was another cornerback that they brought in as in the offseason. He got toasted left and right. That's how he ended up in Baltimore. The team, however, was mildly successful, unlike the Philadelphia Eagles. But you know why it was successful? It was successful because the Cooper Cups of the world, the Robert Woods of the world, the Todd Gurley's that the team drafted, who came up on the team, who carried them. Not some new dudes who just showed up. These were off-season moves. The Rams of 2021 are now attempting to integrate a one-legged vet in Von Miller and a jaded superstar in Odell Beckham Jr. to a team in the last two weeks that has seemed lost. Again, the NFL is not the NBA. I'll repeat it again. Before Monday's game, I said the key to the victory would be to run at Aaron Donald. And why is that? Because usually at the point of attack, there's a double team. We can eliminate him. The rest of that defensive line, who are they? Do you know, like I said, do you know who plays linebacker? Non-Ram fans, do you know, besides Jalen Ramsey, who is in the secondary? That was my second key. Throw away from Ramsey. Again, the team game that football is, we talk about, especially at the cornerback position, right? They enjoy being dubbed. Oh, you're on an island. What, Ramsey Island, Jalen Island. Well, that's exactly what you do. Let them stay out there on that island because the rest of these dudes are over here getting torched, torched up. They're struggling to stay afloat while he's over there on that island. Our second and third wide receivers are just better than their second and third corners. And you know why? The NFL is not the NBA. So I wish the Rams luck, but the cards are not in their favor. Thank you for joining me. This is another episode of Big Block Sports. We're coming up on the playoff kind of seating here. I mentioned, like, again, we got the Titans at number one in the AFC. We got the Packers at no, Packers are number one. I want to say the Packers are number one in the NFC. Next week's episode, we'll dive into the playoff picture in both conferences, and I'll continue to give you predictions about who I think has the best opportunity to make it to a Super Bowl. My, <laughs> my super, super early Super Bowl picks, this was in week three or four. I, uh, in the AFC, I'm still, you know, I'm still like, mm -hmm, you know, uh, I picked the Bills and the Raiders in the AFC uh, championship game. I picked the Bills winning taking it all to his Super Bowl, so that's, that still could possibly happen. NFC, I picked the Packers and the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Packers are still there. 49ers, we have some work to do. But again, we got Jacksonville next week. Um, we'll be at 5-5. Five and five. And, you know, we just got to run the table. Our last game of the season is at the Los Angeles Rams. So it'll be another division game. And this, and this last victory definitely will give us some mojo for that game. 
Thank you for tuning in. This is another episode of Big Block Sports. Make sure you check out episode 10B for this week's NFL Week 11 picks. Big Block Sports. I'm Malcolm A. We out.